Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are through six days of training camp now, uh, by my count. And it's at this point, we want to take some time, take a look at what's going on over at the NovaCare Complex. Uh, next week is the last week of actual training camp proper before some preseason games get started. Normally, it'd be around this time we start hearing the rumor mill of which players aren't going to be making the cut. However, uh, as has been discussed before on the podcast uh, and has been alluded to in other places, um, there is only one cut day. It is a couple of days following the last preseason game, one day that you have to get from 90 to 53. And as I'm looking and as I'm surveying all of the uh, training camp news that's coming out from uh, the beat reporters that are at media organizations that cover the team on a regular basis, what I'm noticing is that the Eagles are utilizing this as an opportunity to make sure that guys get enough reps so that way they have enough opportunity to evaluate them. So there's definitely been a lot of swapping around, definitely been a lot of pairing guys on the second team with guys on the first team, with guys on the third team, etc. Doing a little bit more plug-and-play than might have been the case in previous years, because in previous years there were staggered cuts where on uh, one particular day you'd have to... um, By the end of training camp, you'd have to get down from 90 to 85, and then midway through the preseason, there'd be another day where you'd have to get down from 85 to 80, and then what have you, following it down to the big cut day after uh, the end of the preseason, bringing that down to the final 53-man active roster. Uh, This year the NFL did away with those sort of staggered cuts so there's right now a 90-man roster Uh, that will be the roster going from the start of training camp until uh, the end of the preseason once the preseason wraps up the Eagles will make one big cut and 37 players uh, will see their status as an active member of the Eagles roster come to an end. Uh, The remaining 53 will become part of the active roster. That's been one of the things that I've been most curious about how it's going to play out when it comes to the Eagles roster and how the Eagles are going to make evaluations and how the Eagles are going to utilize training camp. Uh, Based off of the reports that I have seen, Uh, It looks like they're doing a lot of that kind of plug-and-play and and kind of mixing around, uh, especially when it comes to some key positional battles. So that's really been sort of the biggest thing that I've noticed in terms of training camp as a whole. We also get to hear from the coaches every day. We get to hear from Nick Sirianni, from... Uh, Sean Desai from Brian Johnson. We got to hear from them over the course of training camp. Uh, And they've all shared some insights as to uh, what they're looking at and shared some insights into players. Uh, The one thing that I'm really picking up, though, as we hear from, especially from uh, Sirianni, is the big thing that they seem to be looking for is consistency. That 
adjective has come up time and again when it comes to the praise that these guys offer. The praise that seems to mean the most to guys like Sirianni is consistency. Um, that's something that's been very, very evident when it comes to Jalen Hurts, who, according to all reports, has had an exceptional training camp. Um, the speculation surrounding whether or not uh, Hertz will have a 2018 Carson Wentz-like regression into 2019-20, etc. I think right now we can put those rumors to rest based off of the reports that we've had because uh, Hertz has had really an exceptional camp. Uh, through today, to, we are taping this on August the 4th, which is the conclusion of day six of the training camp. Through today, through the taping time today, Hertz has had only one interception over the course of the tenure, and that actually happened today. Uh, Hertz arguably had his worst day of training camp today. Certainly the interception didn't help. Uh, it, uh, according to reports, uh, again, out of the beat writers, particularly Brandon Galton over at uh, SB Nation uh, and uh, Bleeding Green Nation, um, the report was that the interception itself was it was a it was just one of those like last second heaves kind of like a hail mary desperation kind of throw uh, and it was uh, it was grabbed a pick is a pick however and mad props to Darius Slay for the interception giving Jalen Hurts a significant ding in his otherwise uh, pretty good again pretty exceptional uh, training camp. Uh, the other thing that occurred today, and this was, again, this was something that came out of reports from multiple beat writers, um, was that uh, Jalen Hurts kind of flubbed a uh, big team drill where the Eagles were practicing end-of-game situations, uh, and one of the things that happened was he was trying to get to the first down. Uh, he didn't, and he left the field with the rest of its teammates, but did not give the ball to the referees who were uh, assisting at camp. And so because of that, that created problems where uh, Sirianni now uh, chewed him out because that was a game-losing decision for Hurts. Think like the final seconds of the game. So Sirianni chewed him out a little bit, and Hurts, uh, uh, after trying to explain himself, he wound up uh, self dealing out some uh, some push ups just to uh, sort of do a little bit of uh, uh, atonement for his sins on the field. Again, this was not typical of how his camp has gone, according to most reports. Um, and Sirianni even addressed stuff like this, where you make decisions that um, you really like, you make throws that you really like, you make decisions in camp that you would like to have back, you make uh, passes that you'd like to have back, etc. But the one thing that Sirianni has admired about Hertz, and that goes back to uh, the theme that I had noticed, is the consistency that he is experiencing. That's kind of one of those things that you uh, that you'd like to see. Uh, and he's even having an impact on uh, other coaches. Uh, certainly, uh, Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who uh, was the quarterback's coach for all of Jalen Hurts' career here in Philadelphia, uh, at least as the starting quarterback. Brian Johnson has been 
somebody who has known Jalen for a while. He addressed it on 94WIP earlier this week, uh, where he said there was actually a little bit of a gap when he was growing up, when he was uh, playing, when uh, Jalen Hurts' dad was actually uh, the coach uh, that Brian Johnson was on, and Jalen Hurts uh, being uh, around <laughs> during the summer uh, would often be around the football field. And then uh, as Hurts grew, uh, Johnson and Hurts had separated for a little bit, but when Hurts grew, Johnson was really, really impressed by Hurts uh, when they got back into contact. When uh, when Hertz was about 15 years old, I think was when they got back in touch, um, and has really followed Hertz uh, and has really sort of developed that strong relationship that you would expect uh, a coach to have. Uh, so Johnson is certainly very impressed. Uh, he alluded to that again earlier this week on uh, 94 WIP. Uh, one of the things that uh, surprised me a little bit was that Hertz also impressed Sean Desai, who uh, is the defensive coordinator. Now, what caught me a little bit was uh, a story that uh, came out in the last couple of days where um, apparently Jalen Hertz actually went to Sean Desai's office around dinner time, and the two of them actually had conversation. Uh, and Hertz was asking him questions about why things are done and what have you. Uh, and that's one thing that Desai really made it a point to indicate. Desai said that uh, being part of the organization now, uh, because he's Desai is new this year as the defensive coordinator, being part of the organization now, you realize why a guy like Jalen Hurts is so special. We here in Philadelphia know, even just based off of last year, how special Jalen Hurts is as a quarterback, um, how elite he is, and it's looking now at this point in time like that consistency that is uh, praised by Sirianni is going to launch him to that that sort of that next level, he's that sort of next step that he's going to take in his career. There have been some injuries to contend with through camp, uh, so I do want to just touch on them. Uh, the uh, three people that have been limited throughout the predominant amount of camp have been uh, Derek Barnett, uh, who's been out with a knee injury. He's been out really since last year. Um, the fact that he is back and limited and he's, uh, he's taken some reps uh, but not doing everything certainly is uh, uh, is a promising sign for him. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing how that develops. Uh, Avante Maddox has been out with a toe injury. He's been uh, pretty present uh, in camp, even though he's been limited. Hassan Reddick has also been limited for most of practice. He's been out with a groin injury. So those three, Barnett, Maddox, Reddick, uh, those are uh, the guys who have been limited. Um I don't really have a ton of concerns about them uh, in terms of their injuries. Um, we did have a couple of folks who have been out for injury l more recently over the course of the last couple of days. Uh, Dion Kane uh, has been out with an ankle injury. Uh, there's no indication really as to his status on that. He's been a non-participant in training camp for the last couple of days. In addition, two more ankle injuries have developed over the course of the last couple of days. Uh, Nakobe Dean, uh, who is significant because he's the green dot. He is the middle linebacker. He's going to be the guy who uh, the Eagles are going to be relying on to communicate uh, play calls to the teams, make adjustments, 
show that leadership role on the defensive side of the football that the quarterback does on the offensive side of the football. Uh, N'Kobe Dean has been out with an ankle injury. Uh, James Bradbury has been out with an ankle injury as well. These were all um, injuries that developed over the course of August the 3rd's practice, uh, which at the time that we're taping this was yesterday. N'Kobe's injury and James Bradbury's injury, uh, those two injuries don't seem to be all that serious. Uh, in fact, uh, N'Kobe went over to the sideline and uh, a member of the Eagles staff told uh, Jeff McLean over at the Inquirer that he was fine. Uh, so the Eagles don't really seem to be all that concerned about N'Kobe's injury. Um, and it doesn't sound like they're all that concerned about Bradbury's injury. They're taking them day to day right now, according to official reports. So it is possible that those guys will be back soon. Um, it's just a matter of time at this point. The one that developed today was a little bit more concerning, certainly at first. Linebacker Patrick Johnson uh, has a leg injury. Uh, initially, when he sustained the injury, it was possibly a knee injury. And so he was actually carted off the field, which you don't want to have. You don't want to have any injuries in training camp for the most part. Injuries kind of, for me, they skeeve me out a little bit when they, when they occur during training camp. Uh, because this is taking those final steps to get yourself into that football shape to be ready for week one. Um, missing time in training camp, not really all that great. Again, this looked more like a knee injury initially than a leg injury. Apparently, according to reports after the fact, uh, there's still testing that needs to be done. But according to both Jeff McLean at the Inquirer and John Clark of NBC Sports Philadelphia, it is not a it is not a knee injury. It is a leg injury, and so because of that, it's actually a little bit less serious. And we're kind of hoping uh, that uh, Johnson, like uh, Nakobe and uh, James Bradbury, uh, like those two guys. Johnson will be back in uh, soon, so we'll we'll see how those pan out. Uh, we will be monitoring uh, the injury reports over the course of the next several days, and certainly we're monitoring the injury reports all the time. The other big thing is this is an opportunity, again, with the fact that there is only one cut day, this is an opportunity for as many players uh, as possible to try and show their stuff, so to speak, and... Uh, earn a spot on that 53-man roster because there's only one cut. So you're trying for that 53-man roster. You're always trying for the 53-man roster, but this year is it. There's one day. There have been a few position battles um, that have also you want to try to to find the uh, try to get a sense of where those are going. Uh, one of the big questions was at right guard. Um, there was question about what. Even going back to the draft, there was a question about whether or not the Eagles would draft somebody uh, to fill in in that right guard position. Obviously, they did not. Uh, and it looks like it is now Cam Jurgens at this point. Uh, Philly Voices uh, Jimmy Kemsky has actually officially called it for uh, Cam Jurgens. Uh, he has taken all of the right guard reps at this point, reportedly, according to uh, beat reporters. Um, he has taken all of the right guard reps uh, for the first team. Uh, so it's most likely that he's going to be the right guard. 
Um, he is still technically the backup center too. So if, if Jason Kelsey needs to, for some inexplicable reason, uh, take some time away from the field or he gets injured and what have you, Jurgens would be moving to the center role and there would be somebody else filling in at right guard. Uh, so technically Jurgens is still the backup center too. Uh, and that's good because according to reports, Brett Toth, who has been taking the second team center reps, was really not impressed. Um, he's been not great uh, in terms of snapping the football, especially when Marcus Mariota, who is the second team quarterback, uh, when he's been lining up in the shotgun, it's those snaps have not been awesome. So apparently... Um, Brett Toth is not doing so great, and it would probably be a good idea uh, to count on Jurgens to be moving into that center, uh, the second team center position. Uh, it makes sense, kind of, that Toth would be considered to be almost like a third stringer. Um, we'll see how things pan out. One other thing to note when it comes to guard is that the Eagles guard, Josh Sills, uh, has been on the commissioner's exempt list, the reserve commissioner's exempt list, basically since the beginning of February when charges were brought against him for uh, rape and kidnapping. These charges were adjudicated over the course of the early part of this training camp as of the time of this taping, which again is the evening of August the 4th the jury has come back with an acquittal. So Josh Sills has been acquitted of the charges. The Eagles released a statement this evening indicating that they have been monitoring the situation. The NFL did remove him, according to the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL did remove him from the commissioner's exempt list in light of the ruling. So Josh Sills will be returned to the active roster. He will become a part of training camp. So he will likely be, according to his lawyers, back in the Philadelphia area very soon. Uh, quarterback three, uh, it seems to be Tanner and Keys at this point to lose. Um, Ian Book simply has not impressed, uh, certainly in the way that Tanner McKee has. Uh, again, we're kind of vying for uh, the bottom of uh Barrel, whose top is Jalen Hurts. There's going to be significant errors. There's going to be things that you wish you would have back. There's going to be those kinds of uh, mistakes. Uh, but based off of what the reports that I have seen coming out of training camp from uh, the uh, Eagles beat reporters, it uh, looks like it's going to be Tanner McKee at the quarterback three position. Again, certainly a hoping to see more insight into that and i would definitely want to see what's going on when it comes to uh, the eagles public practice uh, which is going to be as of when we're taping this uh, this upcoming sunday uh, august the 6th so uh, if you have not gotten tickets for that by the way tickets are available still uh, they are available online at philadelphiaeagles.com they are just ten dollars and all proceeds go to the eagles autism foundation uh, which, as we all know, does incredible work for those who are on the autism spectrum. So one of the other battles that's interesting and important is the safety battle. Uh, and at this point in the game, based off of the reports that are coming out of training camp uh, from various uh, beat writers, it looks like Reed Blankenship is going to be one of the two. Reed Blankenship has taken first-team reps with all of the other guys, 
that are in the running for this position. So Reed Blankenship is probably going to be uh, one of your safeties, uh, one of the safeties for the Eagles this year. Um, there have been a couple other people who have impressed, uh, according again, according to beat reporters. Um, one of the surprises is that Kayvon Wallace, who last year was a special teamer, uh, he has spent some time taking first team reps for safety. And uh, Sirianni actually spoke to that a little bit earlier this week. Uh, he indicated that uh, Kayvon actually earned those first team reps. And he says that that's true of everybody. You earn your first team reps. Uh, Kayvon is somebody who he's done that. He has impressed on special teams. Uh, there was an opening at safety and he earned the right to be in the mix. Remains to be seen who is going to take that first team uh, safety uh, position there. Uh, but the fact that they went out of their way, it sounds like, to include Kayvon in this because of how well he's performed on special teams and uh, the fact that he, uh, again, to quote Sirianni, earned the first team reps um, is important. Uh, Sidney Brown is also somebody who has made a significant impression, again, among the Eagles beat writers. Moving on to punter, which is a position that we definitely, desperately need help at. Sipos has been decent at best. He's been a very mid-punter, and so has his uh, competition, Ty Zentner. Both of those guys have been very mid, and that has been very evident over the course of training camp. Uh, they both did decently well in a coffin corner uh, punting competition, but when it comes to the open air, when you're going for hang time, uh, it's not been great. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice does unofficial statistics uh, for hang time, uh, and hang time is pretty much a little bit over four and a half seconds on average, especially when we're going back to the days of Donnie Jones, where he had a monster of a leg and he was routinely hovering at about the five second mark. Special teams in general is a place where I am really hoping that there's going to be significant improvement this year um, because we really needed help. Special teams last year was really a weak spot. Um, we all have the memory of the 65-yard punt return uh, that set up a Kansas City um, touchdown in the Super Bowl. That really should not have happened. At the end of the day, um, really looking forward to seeing what happens with this punting battle. Um, as of right now, based off of what I'm hearing, I'm not impressed. Um, so, yeah, the reported stats stink. A couple other position battles to note is that, uh, again, these are all uh, reportedly uh, coming out of training camp, but you can see videos and what have you. Um, Alameda Zacchaeus versus Quez Watkins at the slot receiver. Uh, probably going to lean more towards Quez here. Um, he, not only does he have the advantage of knowing the system, but he also... Um, by all accounts, had a stellar day three. Um, so it remains to be seen. There's still some more practices left in training camp. 
and then we've got the entirety of the preseason to finagle and to, to monitor. Uh, but for the most part, I'm anticipating that Quez is going to have the slot receiver uh, position. Uh, the other one has been linebacker. And if you are in competition for linebacker, uh, so we've got Morrow and uh, Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis. Uh, and if you are one of those two guys and Nicobe Dean goes down and you see Nolan Smith, uh, who is not to this point in the running, taking linebacker position or position reps, getting linebacker position reps. Um, yeah, you are definitely concerned. Um, so we'll see what happens again. I think a lot of why Nolan Smith got the extra reps uh, at the linebacker position is really just because Nicobe Dean was down and, um, Again, if you actually look at the roster, there's not a ton of depth at linebacker, um, especially at the off-ball position, which is where um, uh, Nolan Smith was uh, subbing in. Um, there's not a ton of depth there, so uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen there. Um, realistically, at the end of the day, looking at the Eagles and looking at this, uh, this particular battle, I think there's a slight edge towards Morrow based off of the reports that I'm hearing, but it's it's pretty close. A couple other notes. Um, the Eagles were flagged for one of their favorite penalties in 2022, uh, which is ineligible receiver downfield. That happened earlier this week. That needs to not happen. Like, they need to work out that kink now. They should have been spending a lot more time uh last year trying to get that resolved. That was uh, a favorite penalty to be called against the Eagles. That was one of the Eagles' favorite penalties to commit. They committed that penalty nine times over the course of the regular season in 2022. That was the last in the league uh, in terms of that particular uh, foul. Greedy Williams has had several pass interference penalties. This was noted by, again, at least two different beat reporters. Um, uh, Brandon Gowton over at uh, Bleeding Green Nation, Jimmy Kemsky over at Philly Voice, and it's been noted by others. There was one that was so egregious that two different referees threw their flags uh, to call uh, Greedy on the DPI. Last position I want to talk about today is running back. Uh, DeAndre Swift is impressing most of the running back core. He will probably wind up being the closest thing the Eagles have to a running back one this year. Um, I am anticipating doing a running back by committee. I, I just am. I don't see a clear standout this is running back one, but if there was going to be somebody who's closest to it, um, that is going to be DeAndre Swift, mostly because DeAndre Swift can catch passes at a, as a running back, and he has shown that Reportedly, again, according to Eagles beat writers, time and time again over the course of training camp this year. Um, so he has been doing that. I do maybe anticipate that there could be a little bit of competition for punt returner. The chief candidate for that would be Britton Covey versus Rashad Penny. Uh, Rashad Penny actually did that a lot. According to uh, Zach Berman over at The Athletic, um, Rashad Penny actually returned seven punts for touchdowns. And again, 
We need all the help that we can get at special teams. So Brashad Penny as a running back, also having the ability to do this would be very interesting to see, and I would be very interested to, to see how that pans out, uh, especially when you consider that, uh, again, according to a lot of Eagles beat reporters, uh, Britton Covey has really taken some steps when it comes to especially creating separation from the defense. Uh, so he uh, could possibly finagle his way into the wide receiver room, maybe as a backup wide receiver, a little bit more regularly or somebody that the Eagles can slot in uh, in certain cases. We'll see how that pans out. Um, but focusing kind of more so on the running back, uh, DeAndre Swift uh, has been the guy who's been impressing. Uh, we know what we get in terms of Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. Um, Rashad Penny uh, said today that he's been working really, really hard with the Eagles uh, training staff on how not to get injured, uh, which is significant because um, Rashad Penny has missed almost as many games due to injury as he has played. The Eagles liked what they saw when he was in and when he was playing and when he was running. Um, but he's also been very, very injury prone. And if he's going to have a shot at staying on the team, uh, if he, cause this is a one year prove it deal that he's basically been signed to. If he's got a shot at staying on the team, the Eagles are going to be looking for that specifically. So it'll be interesting to see there. And then the last person that I want to mention because you can't mention the running back core if you're Nick Sirianni without mentioning Trey Sermon is Trey Sermon. Um, and that, again, goes back to something that we said even at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Trey Sermon uh, was particularly praised by Sirianni for his consistency. Listening to what Sirianni has been talking about in press conferences, uh, about what he is looking for and where are players shining, if you're being consistent, he's going to call that to the light. And that is certainly something that uh, is heartening to see. Um, so again, it, it, there were some other things that were mixed in there. His athleticism, his quickness, uh, his physicality, all admirable traits, especially in a city like Philadelphia where we value physical play. But especially, again, consistency being such a high focus by Sirianni that he chooses to call this out for Trey Sermon is significant. Uh, and it's a sign of, I think where Sirianni's mind might be going here. I don't, again, I'm, I'm not 100% sure we have all of preseason still. We've got a couple of more practices to be able to address a lot of what's going on here. Sermon hasn't played a ton, uh, but there's something in him, I think, that the Eagles like. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Who are the Eagles players that you think have the biggest shot at making the roster? Who are the players that you're excited about uh, going into the preseason, which is a week from this Saturday as we're taping this? Again, the Philadelphia Eagles will be having a public practice this Sunday, August the 6th. It's at 7 p.m. at Lincoln Financial Field. Tickets are just $10, and you can purchase them from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All proceeds benefit the Eagles Autism Foundation. I'll be there from Bird's Nest Media, and I'd love to see you there. So if you're going 
feel free to drop a note in the comments saying that you're going to be there. Can't wait to see you. Even if you can't be there, we will have an episode highlighting the public practice and the things that uh, were seen and the things that were evidenced and what impressed and what didn't, and also some of your reactions. Again, I can't wait to hear from you. And thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Birds Nest Podcast. You can always support the Birds Nest Podcast and Birds Nest Media by liking and subscribing on YouTube. And you can also find us anywhere that you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, you name it, it's there. You can also check out birdsnestmedia.com for some written content. And there's also a way to support us financially if you feel so inclined to do so. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Joe Donahue. Let's go Eagles.